You never know when I'm going to pop into a comedy room. And you have to treat a room, whether it's 10 people in the room or, or 100 people in the room or, or, or 1,000 people in the room. Every show is like, you never know who's there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been in rooms in L.A. where it was like all of the hot casting agents and everybody in this room, but it ain't but like 15 of us in the room. But don't be talking about security did, security did a great job keeping people out of here you right. know we don't, nobody want to hear those type of jokes when we're here really to see you you do something hello hot breath of verse We made it back. Happy 2018. Oh, I missed you and I love you. I hope you feel the same about me. If this is your first time listening, then welcome to Hot Breath Episode 114. Mm. So with all that being said, this is your favorite host, Joel Byers, and you know what time it is. Hot Breath. And I could not be more excited about today's guest. This is the perfect way to kick off the new year, new, fresh perspective on the world, ready to hit it in high gear as we are here at the beginning of the new years. So there's no better person to interview than the man considered the Lorne Michaels of urban comedy. He's a, he's a star maker. That is what people call him. He's the mastermind behind Def Jam. So many, there's, there's too much to name. If you've heard of him, you're welcome. If you haven't, you're welcome. And welcome. Because this is one of comedy's most influential minds, and I dove headfirst into it. So I hope you enjoy it. He was in town recording some auditions for his new TV show that is now out. You can check out. But uh, we'll see how um, how my audition went. I don't know. He liked it enough to at least be willing to sit down with me and do this interview. So I hope you learn a lot. I appreciate your time. So let us get in to the time that you are here for. So all there is left to do is inhale a hot breath with Bob Sumner. You know? (laughs) So if you could please just say your uh, full name into the microphone. Uh, My name is Bob Sumner. That's my full name. Bob Sumner, welcome to the hot breath. (laughs) It's nice to be here. Hot breath and all. <laughs> I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Seriously, I know how valuable your time is. And I was so happy to not only be able to perform on your show, but then you'd be willing to actually sit down with me. So that's... That's what it's all about, man. Yeah. It's all about us coming together and make shit work. Yeah. Simple as that. Well, you know how to do that. You got a little bit of a track record. A little bit. So what is this What is this show we're shooting right now for Laugh Mob? What is this? Uh, this is a, a new creation that we've come up with. A um, couple guys in my office who's been working with me for a number of years. Uh, Jamal Daydu, who's actually the director, along with uh, Rebecca Hayes and the producer Carlos Custis. Um, we had some audio. We had some material that was just on the shelf. These guys decide that they're going to, like, try something. And what they're going to do is they're going to take this audio and take um, some of the stand-up comedy that you can actually visualize Mm -hmm. and pretty much give you a uh, comedy video. So... Uh, they tried it out, sent it over to me, and um, when I looked at it, I was like, wow, this is crazy. And um, we dropped this video on YouTube uh, with a comedian by the name of Red Grant. He does this bit called Fruit Loops, <laughs> you know, about kids not being able to, uh, you know, eat Fruit Loops in the house, follow wasn't with it or whatever. And I mean, this thing 
we, we receive like over 50 million views. I think oh. it's probably closer to with shares and stuff, maybe a hundred. But then we, you know, they, we, we came up with more and more of these guys just started put, putting it all together. Next thing you know, the uh, networks come calling and True TV, you know, they, they want out, you mm-hmm. know, and this is getting ready to be a, a it's going to be sick. It's going to be bigger than my previous uh, hit. Oh yeah, Def Jam. But what what makes you think this is gonna be such a hit? What about it? Uh, Because it hasn't been done. Mm. For one, I mean, it really hasn't been done. I mean, people talk about drunk history and things like that. There's a little similarity to it, but not really. Even I, I I would say when I say um, hasn't been done, it kind of have been done. Early, Charlie Chaplin kind of did it. <laughs> wow. Seriously, I mean, when you think about silent movie, you you took a silent movie and then you had the, um, you know, the words on the screen, and then you had the uh, Chaplin or whoever, you know, playing everything out. You know, what's his name? Um, Arbuckle. He was even enough fatty, fatty Arbuckle. He was another silent movie star. Little history there, but. Um, what what they would do is act out scenes and then you would see the words, right? Mm-hmm. With this, the comedians are actually giving you their stand-up stories, beginning, middles, and ends, mm-hmm. all right? And, you know, there are a lot of uh, comedians who, when they tell a story, you can actually visualize it, but you just see them on stage, you don't really see it. With this show, you will see the actual joke come to life. Mm-hmm. It's like if you take a song, you take a song and, it, and, and, and you turn it into a music video. We've taken a joke and have turned it into a comedy video. It's as simple <laughs> as that, man. And when I say that Laugh Mobs, Laugh Tracks, hosted by Cypher Sounds, is the next big thing, mm-hmm. it's the next big thing. Well, you've been on, you've done radio, you've done TV. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the next like wave? Are you still? Are you, do you think TV is still the it, or is it, the internet is kind of where well, it's the evolving? Internet, the internet seems to be the way to go. At least a lot of stand-up comedians, or I shouldn't even call them stand-ups, a lot of YouTube comedians are winning right now yeah. because of the internet. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I am not a big fan of you know watching videos on you know comedians on on videos. I like to see the live shows. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, but it's it's working for them because it seems to me that a lot of people are looking for how many viewers do you have, and I mean, and even one for us with this TV show. Yeah. So you know, I'm, I'm like, well, okay, it's oxymoron again. Yeah. What do you think is? I mean, just thinking in terms of technology and how it is affecting comedy, and you you did Def Jam. I guess you said your first project, that your first success, Def Jam. Well, yeah, yeah, and that was before social media, big yeah, time before right. social media. So you, you've, I've heard you reference that there's like a formula oh, to yeah. like a great show. What are what are some of the recipes there? Well, I don't. I mean, my 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 formula is my formula, so uh-huh. I, I really don't. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't. I don't really give away my formula. I mean, uh-huh. my grandmother made these rolls and gingerbread. Only a couple of us have that formula. You know what I'm saying? And, and um, so, I mean, there is a formula, but it's it's yours. Right. Everybody has their own. Like my eye is my eye. You know, I see people get on who I pass on. Then I see, you know, people who I put on that other people wasn't checking until I started checking for you know and they win most of the time so you know it's really like a, a it factor these two nights that i've been down here in atlanta uh looking at talent some people have been okay some people have been great some people some people you know what i mean but uh but at the law same time averages, right <laughs> but at the same time speaking of law of averages for me if i see one or two out of 10 that's great mm-hmm. because at the end of the day i'm looking for maybe 80 84 jokes so if i'm gonna go to 20 cities and i see you know three or four people that i like and all of them have you know a, a joke or two or three i'm doing well you know i'm doing well so what are you looking for 
not even just like joke wise, but in a comedian, what do you what do you look for of like a comedian? Okay, that comedian has it. I don't know. I don't know. Uh-huh. That's the crazy part about how I flow. I don't know what I'm looking for until I see them. And they could even be rough around the edges at times. But it's just something about them and their skill set. You know, one thing that's very important for me is confidence. You know, the commitment to the microphone. Mm. You could just see it in a person, you know, uh, and even like their cadence and everything, how they're moving on stage. You know, they're, 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 they're not playing one side of the room to the other. You know, just their mannerisms, the way they take the mic out of the stand and move the stand. Because mm-hmm. there's not, unless you're using the microphone as a prop, or I should say, not the microphone, but the mic stand, if you're using that as a prop, that's one thing. But other than that, move that joker out of the way. It looks like you, you know, you're doing time up there with a bar in front of you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I just watch for things like that. And of course, originality Mm. i mean understood that there's topics there's topics Mm -hmm. that you know everybody you know talk talk about similar topics but who who does it better you know what i mean who Mm -hmm. can do it who who can really do make it happen better who can do it better you know i met barry katz up in montreal a couple years ago yeah (laughs) i'm gonna have some of this hot breath yeah let drink it up you met met barry and he (laughs) yeah that if you know him that's his definitely his voice i did a podcast with barry and it was a lot of fun hey barry you guys probably have a lot of history huh yeah you guys probably have a lot of just crossing paths along the way a lot of history i mean talking about crossing paths my office was around the corner from his uh comedy club in, uh, in in Greenwich Village. Oh, so yeah. So I used to cross paths all the time on my way to the path train. <laughs> <laughs> the path train? Yeah, the path train. There's a, there's a path train that runs between New York and New Jersey. Okay. It's like the um, the cheaper way as opposed to the uh, the New Jersey transit train. Oh, gotcha. You know, it's okay. It's like two different ways, but one has like 50 stops and the other one has like five stops right yeah one of them type thing it's crazy (laughs) well Barry said that he's been able to like shake someone's hand and just tell okay this is the person he said that was him for Chappelle like when he met Chappelle and shook his hand he could just see like the universe in his eye have you ever had a similar experience only Barry would say some shit like Have I ever had a similar experience? Like, you just instantly, I don't know. Yeah. 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 I mean, even even with David, you know, even with David. Barry was working with David. And um, back when we put Dave on, on Def Comedy Jam, I, I guess he was probably 18 years old. Mm. And you could see it then, you know. And, and even, like, with today's, uh, you know, the sensational Tiffany Haddish. Right. You know what I'm saying? I put Tiffany on Def Comedy Jam in 07. That's 10 years ago. You can see it. Same Tiffany today, really. Mm-hmm. She's just, you know, refined. But more than anything, uh, boy, Bernie Mac. Woo. Bernie, when I first saw Bernie, I actually saw him here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You know, Bernie's from Chicago. But when I first saw him, he, he just had it. You, you just knew it. And, and Bill Bellamy, he's another one who I basically took Bill from, you know, the beginning. But we treated him like he was a star before he became a star because you could see that he had what it took to make it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then there's others that you think may have it on the talent side, but their character is ridiculous. You don't want to mess with them because, you know, they're giving craft services problems. They're giving wardrobe problems. You know, who wants to be around, you know, an elephant in the room? Well, the ego. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. you know, you have that other side to it. And I pretty much move on from those type of characters. Got to keep the common touch. I always say, I mean, that's one of the things. I don't know if you read any of my 
files or something, but Common Touch is one of the things. <laughs> I read a few things. Well, that's one of the things that do work with me. When I was like 11 years old, my uh, godfather said to me, you know, whatever you do in life, you know, you could walk with kings and queens, but don't you ever lose the Common Touch. Did I know I was going to have the kings of comedy and the queens of comedy before they became kings and queens? Def Comedy Jam built that, you know, and um, I'm, I'm proud to say that I'm here right now talking to you, man, and mm -hmm. on, on uh, hot, hot breath. breath. Yeah. <laughs> hot breath. That's how I say it, actually, Is in the intros. Okay. Yeah. I, I know. See? <laughs> oh, you I, know. I've done radio before. You know, too. Yeah, yeah. at Seton Hall. Yeah, I sure did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Back in the Dizzy. Yeah, man, we had wax. Actually, yeah, we used to play wax LPs. Wow. LPs and 45s. <laughs> yeah, you've always been around creativity and whether it's music, you're watching. All my life. Yeah. All my life. My uh, uncle w is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. You know, was, um, there was a uh, singing group in the 50s called The Platters. And uh, Tony Williams, he was the lead singer. And... That's how it really kind of started with everybody in my family. My dad, he was managing groups, and my mom was working at a record company. My brothers had a band, and here I was, this little kid that was just being, you know, dragged around to places like the world-famous Apollo Theater. And my parents just, every Wednesday, every Sunday, they were at the Apollo. Then we would go up to my... um aunts and uncles house up in Harlem you know and it's crazy because now I'm back at the Apollo's curative comedy man years <laughs> later it's like it's crazy. new and when I tell you that I saw Jackie Moms Mabley perform I saw Jackie Moms Mabley perform and then I end up presenting her into the um, Apollo Walk of Fame as one of the first non-musical performers along with Richard Pryor and um, Red Fox so it's man. um this journey that I've been on yeah. is crazy, mm -hmm. but Laugh Moms Laugh Tracks, we premiere on uh, January 3rd on True TV at 11 o'clock. Um, this is just like the Bob Sumner journey continues, man. That's you know, incredible. We got a little documentary coming up in 2018 based on who is Bob Sumner. Really? Yeah, the birth of death, D-E-F. You know, Whoa. how all of this stuff happened prior to that big show. Wow. You know? yeah, yeah, it's a good time right now. Yeah, and even Mob and Laugh Mob is like more of Bob's best. That's what they what say, man. For, yeah. I mean, and, and basically that came as I always sleep with a uh, minor technology is what it is. But if you uh, watch my show, uh, Laugh Mobs, we got next on Inspire Network. You know, they would always clown me because I, I keep a pad with me. I do too, and, yeah. And I keep, you know, I had a pad next to my bed one night. I, something just hit me where I felt like I needed to create the next thing for the next generation. Hmm. And I had already, you know, did everything I could do with Def Jam, and now everybody's trying to figure it out. Where again, the formula that I have, I do have it figured out. But how do I present more of Bob's best? Let me create this little, like, Cube had the lynch mob and this, that, and the other. Let me just create some real cool shit and call it the laugh mob. Laughing, mobbing is like a family. More of Bob's best is the acronym. It's all good. Yeah. So it's been a work in progress. I partnered with uh, Paul Rises, old manager, Arthur Spivak, who made some moves out in, in Los Angeles. And I told him what I wanted to do, and he wanted to get back into the, you know, into the business. He had kind of like retired from the business, and he was big in the music industry as well so you know we have have had this thing and it's been a it's been a it's been a uh, a road it's been a it's been rocky at times you know a lot of people have given up on us but again i've built too many careers to say i'm no longer in this business and no long and no longer being a major player in the business that's not happening and <laughs> when people saw Def Comedy Jam 25 it was pretty much written right there bro yeah yeah that hey man it, it, it i could i could i could show you better than i could tell you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah yeah were people starting to say that you were like just kind of like a, a one trick pony and like you were kind of out of the game no not necessarily oh, okay. but the thing is i i'm in the lab mm -hmm. when you don't see me like i i, I only deal with quality 
things. That's why I, I do the uh, Apollo Comedy Club. You know, right. the Apollo. I do the American Black Film Festival Comedy Wings competition. I do Alonzo Mornings uh, uh, events for his um, foundation. You know, it's all hot stuff. I just mm -hmm. finished doing the Soul Train music cruise, you know, going to uh, Cozumel and all that stuff. I'm, I'm into um, just hot stuff. I'm getting ready to... Uh, partner with Tito's Handmade Vodka and we're bringing something back to uh, uh, North New Jersey um, called Jazz and Jokes hmm. which is going to be really cool for a number of years I did a thing called Laugh Mob on Sunset at the um, world famous comedy store and then I was down on National Harbor in DC before it became what it, what it is now we did something down there that was really really hot I just like to dibble and dab in in in, in, in stuff that has flavor, mm. like laugh mobs, laugh tracks. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's be my thing, you know. And what a common thread is is you always root for the underdog. It's all about showcasing that untapped talent. Listen, you have to start somewhere. And I mean, when I look at Craig Robinson, Dion Cole, Mike Epps, JB Smooth, Tracy Morgan. Cheryl Underwood. I mean, I remember Cheryl drove from California to Orange, New Jersey. You know, it was it was on Unsung. Um, she actually had somebody like drive with her to perform and for me. Hmm. You know, and the rest was history. So, yeah, it's all about the underdog. It's all about the underdog, and it's also about not forgetting like Avion Crockett and D.L. Hughley, two guys who I'm very proud of. In particular, these guys. Always when they see me, they say this thing that I said to them years ago, and that's, um, don't ever let me see you eat pizza with a fork. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I mean, it's one thing if you have the pan pizza, that hard pizza that you got up, but I'm talking about that fourth, you know, that McDougal and third on the corner in the village, you know, that greasy, <laughs> fold it up and eat it, man. You know, you have these guys now, they make it in Hollywood, and now they need a little bib and a mm. knife and a fork, and they sitting over in the corner yeah. eating the pizza like a straight-up chump. You know what I mean? That's not what it's all about. It's about not forgetting where you come from. Oh, you love really. that work and that hey, man, just grind. That's and, how you appreciate You appreciate yeah. it. You appreciate it. <laughs> when you put it in, man, when you put the time in. And, and even like, you never know when I'm going to pop into a comedy room. And you have to treat a room, whether it's 10 people in the room or, or 100 people in the room or, or, or 1,000 people in the room. Every show is like, you never know who's there. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been in rooms in L.A. where it was like all of the hot casting agents and everybody in this room but it ain't but like 15 of us in the room but don't be talking about security did, security did a great job keeping people out of here you right. know we don't nobody want to hear those type of jokes when we're here really to see you you do something yeah yeah and with how comedy and the pretty much i mean how the world is more interconnected now is it necessary do you think, in your opinion, to move to like an L.A. or New York to kind of get that exposure? Because I'm in the delusion I can just stay here in Atlanta and then it'll gravitate. Well, I believe that you can stay within your, your, your comfort zone, but get out of it sometimes. You know what I mean? Have a plan. And, you know, when people take vacations and stuff, if you're really trying to win in this game, make your vacation a trip to New York, have some contacts that you develop here, up there. And, and, and it's not always about the money, neither. It's about getting, you know, getting, getting that, getting, getting those chops, mm -hmm. you know? And LA is LA, New York is New York. I mean, not sounding biased, but I do know that New York is like, you, you could really grind it out there and make probably a couple more dollars. Even if even though it's not really about the money, it does help to make a couple dollars. If you if you have 15 minutes, you can you could do three sets a night somewhere and, and, and get two hundred dollars. You know, you do that three, four times a week, make it eight, eight, eight hundred. Now, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it fluctuates, but you could do that. L.A. is a different story. But at the same time, it's about that grind. And it's about even here creating a room 
that you could work out or you and a group of people because stage there's nothing like stage time that's mm -hmm. how you get better boom and you mentioned you ran across bernie mac the first time here in atlanta yeah and i guess back when all this was happening and you start we're starting this def jam what was what was the what was kind of the comedy scene like back then there wasn't really a a big comedy scene it was like really underground I mean, you had the mainstream clubs and you had some African-American comedians in those clubs like Jimmy J.J. Walker, Mario Joyner, uh, Michael Winslow, mm -hmm. you know, these type of guys. But it wasn't really no Bernie Macs and no Steve Harveys. That wasn't really happening. So we were able to change the game. Like Laugh Mobs, Laugh Tracks, that's coming to... Uh, Is that on know, True TV? True, yeah, True TV. No way. Yeah, it's going to be True TV on uh, January 3rd at 11 p.m. <laughs> uh, directly after Impractical Jokers, I believe. So that's a nice oh, lead-in. Whoa, too. that is a nice lead-in. Yeah. 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 What is Atlanta's kind of place in comedy history? Atlanta has always been uh, very special to me, as have Chicago and D.C., you know, I can I can actually say those those cities have been very very uh, integral to what I've been doing, and like Atlanta on the uh, Def Jam 25th, Cheryl Underwood made mention of the Peppermint. That was a, mm. a, a spot that I had up in in New York, Jersey, actually, where Bill Bellamy was my host and Mike Epps. They were my main host, but anybody my host, Tracy my host, uh, Chappelle my host, uh, the late Monteria Ivy, who was a great friend of mine and a, and a great MC. He would host so many people, and um, the show was like so hot that I bought the show to Atlanta. Hmm. Okay, the same show, the same time, 10 o'clock on a Thursday night, I had them running simultaneously. I would come down to Atlanta one week, then I would be up in um, New Jersey the next week. It was so cool. And the reason I did it here is because it was so many doggone comedians. This was a weekly show. Hmm. So I would have... Uh, a host and three comedians on every Thursday in Jersey and in Atlanta. So Atlanta means a whole lot to me. And I mean, I'm talking about the Earthquakes and the Bruce Bruces and the Doodoo Browns and the Chris Tuckers. These guys were, you know, they were here. Mm -hmm. You know, Don D.C. Carey, you know, a lot of love. Samoa Monique was here at the time. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Atlanta. Where was that show at? It used to be at the Underground. Right at the underground. The place was called Teddy's Live. Oh. And it was all that. Like Atlanta <laughs> Underground. Every Thursday night. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Peppermint is legendary. Chris Charles was the host. Yeah, the Peppermint is legendary. I've heard. Legendary for his oxtails, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, oxtails and, and peach cobbler. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. I didn't really mess with the uh, chitlins too much. But and the uh, the celebrities and the party, like five hundred people, and you're turning people away. A lot of like... celebrities, yeah. A lot of celebrities used to just pop in there. I mean, the Knicks, the Nets. You know, at the time, the Knicks and the Nets were like popping. You know, they had great teams, as were the uh, the Giants, and they were all they would always come in and just hang out. You know, any any given. You might see Charles Oakley over there. You see Lawrence Taylor over there. Mm -hmm. You see Derek Coleman and Kenny Anderson. And here comes Naughty by Nature and Queen Latifah and Wendy Williams and Shaquille O'Neal. That was the peppermint, bruh. It was crazy. You hear me? A lot of people, Jaheim might be on stage singing and uh, Joe, the you know, the artist Joe and just good times. And this was before the comedy show with Bill Bellamy or Mike Epps. And then... The Wayans brothers might be sitting in the audience, or Chris Rock might do a couple minutes <laughs> at the place. It was like really, wow. It was a wow moment every Friday. I mean, every Thursday night, every Thursday. And you've, you've been doing shows before even like Peppermint and putting shows together. Yeah, there was a, there was a little spot in, in, in North called Terminal D. Mm -hmm. That's where it really kicked off for me at. You know, um, it was interesting because I actually didn't even have a radio in my car because it didn't make sense to have one because, <laughs> because 
after the third time, it was gone. It was just stolen? Just used, it was like I was really grinding it out, trying to make it happen. Uh -huh. And I risked, you know, I risked, uh, we used to have equalizers in your cars and stuff. I risked all that for comedy, for my love for comedy. So I didn't have a radio in my in my Granada. Oh, you mean you sold 79. it? You sold it or you mean you risked it? I risked Risk. having. I just, oh, you didn't. just went without. I went without because yeah. I was going to have to go without every Tuesday because they was like squatting on me and I didn't really have an alarm or anything. Oh, man. That was just, no, it was just, yeah. you know, I just went on a tan. That was a, a moment in time. I just had a flashback on, on, um, <laughs> he's got a, look at the watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But those are, those are the moments we're looking for though. Yeah. Nah, good times though, but that's, that is, we started like doing comedy, this guy Antoine Mathis, who I grew up with, he was doing stand-up comedy, and that's, that's what gave me the, the bug to like, create these rooms and stuff, mm -hmm. and then a lot of the uh, more, you know, you know, urban style comics, they really didn't get an opportunity to get into those main, main rooms because... You know, they couldn't get on the early shows, so they would stand in line and get these numbers. And about time they got on stage, it was like two in the morning. So I wanted to uh, develop a place. So that was Terminal D. It was really cool. And then I went to another place called Club 88, stayed there for a minute. And then it was the birth of the uh, Pepper Bank. What, what are some of the big mistakes you're saying? Because I produce a weekly show here in Atlanta as well. And you've been able to create such successful shows. What are some maybe tips you have for show producers to help elevate the show? For one, trying to keep up with the quality mm. with a weekly show is hard. Yeah. You almost want to have a hot-ass monthly show that people really look forward to and you could really stack the lineup the right way. Because, you know, other than that, you basically just have an open mic. You know what I mean? And and that those are, you know, open mics are very, very cool. But, you know, you, you do want to be able to have a show where you can one day take it from a little, you know, club lounge into a theater, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's a 500 seater or a 1500 seater. So and then it's about giving opportunity to the comedians who are really putting in the work. And not just guys that's coming through there just so they could try to sell their DVDs and stuff. You know, it's, that's kind of corny, mm -hmm. you know. And you have to really utilize that space to build build your craft if you are the stand-up. You know what I mean? Tape your tape, you know, videotape and audio tape your sessions and, you know, just get out there. And also, you know, develop your point of view. If you're, you know, thinking about getting into sketch, create some original characters as well as some, you know, impressions of others, you know, just try to separate yourself from the rest and don't be too cliquish. I mean, it's cool to have, you know, your little squad, but don't, you know, kind of be your own person so you don't develop a style of someone else's. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A line you said last night at the at the show, you, you made the line, the science of the stage. You said, I don't know if you remember even saying it, but you just said the science of the stage. And that just yeah. resonated with me. Yeah. And just yeah. you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the science of, of the stage. Yeah. Know, know why you're there. And everybody's there for different reasons. But know why you're there. Don't waste the audience time. Hmm. Don't waste your time. Know why you're there and commit to the science of the stage. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's when when you get up on that joint, it's all mental. Hmm. It's all mental for eight minutes or more. Eight minutes is a long time. Yeah, you can bomb for eight minutes. You can bomb <laughs> you can for bomb three for minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, a minute in, yes, you can uh, go ahead. I could I could really <laughs> feel where somebody's going really early in the game. Really yeah. early in the game. But again, that's why I really don't like to look at a footage. I really like to be right there because yeah. I like to be like I'm that big light. I'm that shining light. Yeah. And, I mean, we watched the other day somebody who's a vet fumbled. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then came back the next night and rocked because they knew they can. But it's all about preparation. And if I'm in your building, it's serious. 
And that's what I was saying. Don't don't ever underestimate who's in that club on any given night. That's why I've been in the club the past two nights. <laughs> I wasn't even worried about like a taping. I was like, oh, Bob Sumner's in Atlanta? I was like, where is he going to be? Okay, well, that's that's where I'm going to be. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know all of how that even happens. But I think, like you said before, I'm, I'm all about the underdog. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to see people win. Nothing, nothing makes me feel better than to see a comedian go from the outhouse to the penthouse <laughs> I'm serious you know and, and, and when I say comedian I take that serious you know there's a lot of comics out here there's very few comedians and there is a difference there's a difference um, a comic works within a box a comedian can look at the room and know exactly what to say <laughs> and don't have to change their set. Just know the cadence, know how to how to pick the room. A comic, a comic can choke, choke, straight up choke. It's a lot of comics. <laughs> I've seen them. From you watching legitimately the greats in comedy, are is there like a common thread between all of them that makes them so effective or well it's, it's according to what you would say are the greats because it's some people that think they're the the greats and they're not really the greats oh i mean like a bernie mac dave Chappelle, oh, chris the rock yeah those yeah. are the greats yes. yeah there's a there, yeah there's, there's a um Joel Byers. Yeah, the, know, common, the common thread amongst all you guys, you, i never forget when you and Carlin was playing that, that room that night. Um, yeah, Gary Carlin. Not, yeah, Gary Carlin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was um, my puppet. I was yeah. doing a, a nah, stage act. I mean, I mean, point blank, these guys have a confidence level that goes with their experience on okay. the stage. And all of those guys aren't guys that... Uh, did comedy for a couple months, then stopped. These guys was in the clubs every night. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's the common thread. They they work for what they're getting right now. Mm -hmm. Point blank. I, this is fact. Facts. You know? And watching them work the stage, do you find those kind of comedians are more improvisational on stage, or is it more scripted? It's more knowledgeable. Hmm. Knowledgeable. What do I mean by that? Right. These guys keep up with current events. All those guys that we just talked about, they're smart as hell. You know what I'm saying? And and, and, and that's the thing. They keep up with what's happening now. And and they and they flip it. They flip everything. You know, they don't always have to just do jokes about the guy that's in um the Oval Office right now. You know, they talk about a whole lot of other things. Mm -hmm. And um that's that's the beauty of all of them. You know, more than anything else. They they just don't if they know that they have a tour coming, they go to the hole in the wall clubs and they work their stuff out. Some guys just same script, same script, yeah. same script. These guys don't have the same script. I mean, David just did three Netflix specials with all different material for 90 minutes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's unbelievable. He'll go into a room and actually do three hours of just improvisational stuff, basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know? Everybody has different skill sets. Because I have heard Chris Rock is more like by the book, like every line, he is pretty much like rehearsed and like has it written out almost like a book. And it's be tight. Oh yeah. About time, oh, about yeah. time he take it out there on, onto that big stage. Yeah. It's tight, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, you know, then there's, you know, Kev, Kev goes about it his way. You know what I mean? He comes from a different school, but he's tight. What is that school he comes from? His preparation is more with a, a collective group. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? From what I see, he handles his, his stand-up just like it's a sitcom or whatever. 
You know what I'm saying? Right. They all come together and they they're out they're out in the clubs too, picking up on things and seeing what what what's going on. I mean, he he's perfected his 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 lane. Yeah. So proud of him. Proud of him. Does that make you feel a different way about somebody's material if somebody else is writing it? No. 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 Uh huh. Same thing with hip hop music. Every rapper yeah. ain't write his lines. Or her lines, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It is yeah. what it is. Somebody else got to get a check. You know, that's why they have publishers and things, you know? What is it about comedy, and I've noticed, just in you bringing up Def Jam and you wanting to give more opportunities for black comedians, what is it about... Not com- necessarily black comedians, well, man. You, oh, you were just saying I they mean, weren't on, getting man. into the clubs. Oh, yeah, oh, back then, I yeah, see I'm what you're saying. saying. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 that saying, was like, back then. In the Def Jam, that's why I asked yeah. about that time in, like, comedy is because... There were not, not the many opportunities, and you wanted to blaze that new trail. There's no doubt about that. So yeah. even now, in, in our current times, it almost seems like comedy clubs and churches are two things that are still segregated more than most kind of maybe venues. And I don't know if you have any insight into maybe why you think that is. I don't even understand what, why. I don't understand why, and it doesn't affect me because I've never been one that, like, I've always been like a... A people person, you know. I, I, yeah. just, I just, I just always been one that was all about civil rights, and civil rights didn't have no color. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, so that that that's that's a problem for them to get, to fix. I'm okay. good. I've just noticed in doing comedy because I'll do both. I'll do all rooms, like mm-hmm. whenever, yeah. wherever, however, and do it well. So, you know what I mean? I appreciate that. So I don't I mean again we we don't we don't have those answers. We gotcha. we, we won't have those answers, but that just go to show you that it it's everywhere. Yeah. It's not and it's not just churches and, and, and comedy clubs. You know what I mean? It's it's in restaurants. <laughs> At least in yeah. Atlanta it seemed like it. that's what I, <laughs> I heard about the boycotts. And <laughs> so, you know. Well, uh, before I get you out of here, there is there's one thing I always ask my guests on here, mm-hmm. and it's usually uh, if your I'm guests inter- on hot, hot breath. breath. Yeah. Oh, you're good at just repeating. That's marketing, I guess. You just burn it to the brain. You have to burn it in the brain because I'm gonna tell you this right now. Uh-huh. On Wednesday, January third, <laughs> right. We have this show coming to True TV called Laugh Mobs Laugh Tracks. What? Hosted by Cypher Sounds, and it's really going to flip comedy on its head. I haven't heard of this. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's it's really hot. I mean, yeah, it's really, really hot. So, oh, man. Yeah, you're right. So, that's that's what's happening. That's what's up. And we're here at first on Hot Breath. Yeah, on Hot Breath. Yeah. (laughs) So, what I love to ask comedians is a story of getting booed on stage. It's just an epic failure they've had because I talk about the success, but you're not anywhere without the teacher right. of failure. Mm-hmm. So this can be your most epic failure or one you've seen. Yeah, that, I mean, I'm not a comedian, so. But even just I, in I mean, life, no, I'm not. You know, a, I'm not a comedian, and, and, and epic failures and stuff. No, I used to watch comedians really get like become tour salads you know i I mean i have really seen tomatoes fly lettuce cabbage onions potatoes bottles i saw a a guy get a garbage can thrown at him one time (laughs) what i mean this is all you know it's crazy but you just have to be prepared for you know your, your, the environment that you, you're on, you know, it's it's like every stage isn't always the right stage, <laughs> you know. So, again, I mean, I've had cl- comedians who are really well known now really struggle, but not give up. One comedian in particular, I had him come on. I used to do this jazz club. And I used to throw a comedian on every now and then. And this guy, he was really not doing well. So, you know, instead of him, like, really, like, getting the message to get off stage, you start hearing the um, pianist tinkling, tinkling the ivories. <laughs> 
underneath. Like, come on, man. You know how like an award show when they start your speech start right, going too long? Up. Yeah, yeah, wrap it up. Oh man, it was hilarious. <laughs> and now this guy's a big star. So Oh really? Yeah, yeah so things happen. Oh. Mm-hmm. Can you divulge who that is? No, I can't. No. But I, one thing I can tell you, though, is yeah. that on January 3rd, Laugh Mobs Laugh Tracks, for sure. Well, we'll be sure to tune into that. On what channel? True TV. That's right, True TV. After what show? After Impractical Jokers, Absolutely, yeah. Man, yeah. they don't know what they're getting into. Yes, yeah, really, it's going to be great. And wait until, I mean, this, this first season, I know it's going to be really cool mm-hmm. but I'm looking forward to the next season which I'm sure there'll be one because the show's that dope I never forget when Def Comedy Jam the first season I call it Bernie Mac stir it like coffee season because huh. people always <laughs> forget like you automatically think about I ain't scared of you mother you know right. but that came the second season as did Chris Tucker and some others the first season was ter- stir it like coffee <laughs> Yeah, he was killing it, man. God bless. And that Def Jam was based off the Peppermint Room, Peppermint Lounge kind of. But I mean, it was it was like the vibe was between Uh there, Uptown Comedy Club, and in Harlem had that vibe, Comedy Act Theater. You know, there was a few rooms, only a few rooms that Mm -hmm. was popping back then. Comedy Connection in Greenbelt, Maryland. Chris Thomas used to have a a spot over there on on Sunday nights that was popping. You know, then all jokes aside came a little later. Then you had uh, Miami Nights down in um, Miami, Studio 183. So it, it's it's been like a, a, you know, a snowball effect with stand-up comedy. But now it's, you know, it's crazy because I remember when we came up with the uh, Comedy Jam uh, name, Def Comedy Jam, it was just something that happened. You know, and now you have like Uncle Leroy's Comedy Jam, you know, you got the Joe's Car Wash Comedy Jam. It's like Comedy Jam became something that just happened because we had a label called Def Jam. Do you think we're going through another comedy boom? Yeah, we're going through a comedy boom. And I think part of the comedy boom is really... You know, Laugh Mobs, Laugh Track. Gosh, I, I mean, saw it really. in your eyes that time. Nah, I, I mean, saw but, it but coming. it is. I mean, I can't help. I mean, it's like, uh, it's it's that it's that hot of a show. Yeah. Man, it comes on True TV on January 3rd. Well, hopefully I'll o'clock. be on uh, season two. We'll see what happens hey, there. Hey, listen, I, I can't promise it to you, but I can um, maybe give you a pinky swear. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't even know where that came from. Uh, pinky swear, you know. Uh-huh. Nah, but you was uh, you definitely. Um, I've been talking about you. I've been talking about you. But again, we'll go into the lab and, and and see what we come up with. And at the end of the day, you know, the network makes the final decision. You know? Right. Those well, are the BOSS. You know, BOSS. Gotcha. gotcha. I'm the MOBB. Well, you just talking about me is an extreme privilege and honor. So, uh, before we get out of here, is there anything else you want the world to know? I want the world to know. And he thinks I'm going to talk about laugh mobs, laugh tracks on True TV. (laughs) But that's not what I'm going to talk about that is coming on January 3rd at 11 (laughs) p.m. I'm not really going to talk about how it's the hottest show. And, you know, I I just want to, again, thank everybody who have hung in there with me over all my years in this business and um if anybody wants to uh holler at me it's uh bob dot sumner on instagram mm-hmm. and bob sumner 24 i have another instagram yeah i don't know how that happened but then i have like a bob sumner comedy spot on facebook and then i have my regular page but that's for you know just my folks but the comedians could go on the other page and I have a Bob Sumner uh, entertainment group page hmm. there's a laugh mob page there's a there's just follow you know just follow me man follow what I'm doing and um, there's a whole lot I have a Saturday night comedy show that we do monthly in uh, Jersey South Jersey jazz and jokes is popping now the Apollo Comedy Club uh, we have the Comedy Wings competition that's going on right now. People can um, submit to that and, uh, you know, just uh, keep loving, living, laughing because love is and, you know, mm. appreciate you, bro. Thank you, Uncle Bob. Thank yeah, you man. for being on Hot Breath. Yeah, I was just hot on breath. Hot Breath. Hot Breath. Awesome.
There you go, hot breath of verse. Thank you so much for listening. If you did enjoy this, I would love for you to share it with friends, family, coworkers, pets, whoever you think could benefit from this. I would love, love, love to just you to simply share it. You can even go a step further and leave an iTunes review. I also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash hotbreathpod. That's where you can actually contribute to the community, and I release exclusive content on there as well. But most importantly, just thank you for the time. I'm all about learning from the best, and if you have a guest you think should be on here, I would love to hear from you. Joel Byers Comedy is all my social media. JoelByersComedy.com is my website where you can find my schedule. I host a weekly comedy show at Java Monkey in Decatur, Georgia, every Wednesday, 8 p.m. I would love, love, love to see you there. One of my big goals for 2018 is to actually build that into like a very significant show, not just in the city, but you know, in the country. So with your help, you can come out and see me live. You know, I'm actually funny, uh, believe it or not. I know in these interviews I'm not that funny. I'm always so focused on learning and listening, but you do remember I am a comedian at the end of the day, and we out here, I Don't get it twisted. Keep it 100. Okay. Anyway, that wasn't funny. But I'll, I teach a comedy class. If you would like to learn more about comedy writing and performing stand-up, I do teach a comedy class. The next one starts in February. If you want to maybe join a part of that, highwirecomedy.com or joelbyerscomedy.com. But at the end of the day, thank you. That's what 2018 is all about. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support and your valuable time. Thank you to my engineer, Amon Garner, for always keeping these sounding crystal clear. And thank you to my wife, Erin Byers, for making the Hot Breath theme song over 100 Hot Breath episodes ago. And now we are embarking on our own podcast journey called Byers Life. We are on Audio Boom and are applied for iTunes, so that should be up any week now. It does take a little while. But all that being said, much preach, fam. Hot breath of verse. We'll see you back. Every Monday we release a new one. In the meantime, check out the over 100 other Hot Breath episodes if you haven't listened to any. we got some good ones with personal trainers and nutritionists, if that's your, perhaps, New Year's resolution. But... Anyway, let's land this plane. Until next Monday, right here on Hot Bread. Oh.